podcast. I'm your host, your God says, Chelsea. Today we are going to talk about the thin line between love and hate. I mentioned this in my last episode, uh, how our emotions can send us into a frenzy, right? And we can love others, but sometimes that love can be turned into obsession, possession, idolatry, coveting. It can really, it's really a thin line. And so if you missed that episode, please go back and listen to it. I talked about how people will have agenda for your life. So you need to make sure that you know what path you are on and are able to make steps in your path. So the first thing we're going to talk about to address the thin line between love and hate is number one, acknowledge your feelings. Okay. Your feelings are real. Being hurt, being disappointed is real, right? So I'll share a story about my experience with church hurt. So like I mentioned in another previous episode, the church is usually referred to or used in the context to refer to a building, which is where we all go to fellowship with other believers it's a, usually a safe place where you can go to the altar and you see God and you have a service of worship. And a sermon is presented, which is basically teaching the children of God and, uh, and us believers of God. I think one thing we forget is that when we're in church, These people are human beings. So they are sinners too. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. They sinners too. Yep. Sinning meaning not always in alignment with God, not always doing actions and behaviors that are integrity and righteous and holy in God. So therefore, we get to the church and we're listening to the pastor And we're loving it. And I feel like sometimes we can have an expectation or perspective for them. So an example of this is the first time I experienced church hurt, which was at the church that I got saved. During this summer, we found out that the pastor who was married to the first lady was actually sleeping with the secretary and so I immediately I was baffled like what first of all how am I sitting here listening to you and your spirit is not even right and so yeah I was just like oh it's time for me to go (laughs) but I had to realize I was thinking, I'm like, you don't want to let one person keep you from God. You know, you can't let one person keep you from church. And at that time, I was thinking to myself, like, church is the only way you can find God. That's the only place where he is, where two or three are gathered. His spirit is present. However, wrong. (laughs) That is not right. Um, You can find God anywhere. So 
that was my first experience with church hurt. And I feel like I was, um, I was one of those people who was like holding the pastor on a pedestal and not uh, giving grace. And I had to move past that. And years later, I ended up reentering a church. Um, I found a church home. I joined the church. I was doing membership classes, studying the Bible. And then it was time for me to decide where I'm going to serve. So once you join a church, the next step usually is to join a ministry. And that is your way of using your gifts to support the ministry that pushes the word of God and pushes the gospel, right? And so I could do anything. I could do singing, the choir, I could do ushering, I could do dance. And if you've been listening to my podcast, you kind of know that I'm a dancer. I love dance. Dance is life. So that's exactly where I wanted to go. So boom. I'm like, how do I how do I get into the ministry? So they're like, hi, you would have to choreograph and perform a mini audition piece. Um, and then we'll see if you can enter the ministry. So I'm like, immediately, I didn't like it. I really don't like being the spotlight center of attention. I don't like eyes, all eyes on me. I cannot stand that. In addition, I was new in my choreography phase. Like I had only choreo, I had only choreographed a few pieces before. So it was nerve wracking. I was nervous. I'm like, God, help me through this, Lord. So I, I get my, I choreograph my piece. I get there that Sunday. I perform the dance. Everything goes great. I killed it. Everything goes great. <laughs> but then. Then the dance leaders of that ministry tell me that you cannot serve on this ministry because of the type of dancing that you do. It's secular and it is not, according to our bylaws and our handbook, we will not be able to allow you to be part of this ministry and lead this church immediately my heart was in shambles literally bawling crying I'm like because I didn't understand like what they mentioned was the fact that I teach heels classes and that I have those videos on Instagram okay so I'm like nah them dance leaders they are bugging so I go to the first lady I'm like, so immediately my experience, as soon as I see her, I'm in tears, as I just said. So she's like, oh, I'd have to deal with another crying person today. What is up with today? And she said, oh, I'm just kidding. Just come on in. First of all, you're not just kidding. Every joke, there's a little truth to it. You're not just kidding. So I was already turned off because of that. In addition to that, I was turned off because, first of all, if y'all knew you wasn't going to let me be a part of the ministry, why would you even let me go through all of that work to try out? But you know what? Maybe they didn't know that it was all of that work for me internally. And that's okay. 
everybody can't understand you like you understand you. So I go to the I go to her. She makes that comment. Boom, strike two. Then I'm like, but look at the dance that they're talking about. There's nothing wrong with it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's pretty. Like heels class kind of dancing is kind of like to me it is another step of majorette like it's like a, another variation of dance is very sensual and when I mean sensual it means like you have to feel it and when I mean like your body movements have to be really big and they have to be slow and they or really fast but have like a soft tune to it so and I danced in majorette when I was in college so I really didn't it, the math wasn't mathing. I'm like, dance is dance. Your gift is your gift. Whether you're doing it to gospel music or you're doing it to another kind of music, it's the same thing. I even tried to give the example of kids. Like people sometimes are willing to give more grace to kids than they are to adults. So I'm like, I make, I try to make an analogy for her. I'm like, hey, even kids, when they dance to hip hop music, they're still using the gift that God has given them to feed a soul in the audience. So what? You're going to cancel the kids too? Then I was like, the heels classes, so there, some of them have turned into engagement proposals. So I'm like, that's love. That's that's something to celebrate. Like, I literally could not understand. And I don't know what she said, but I ended up leaving. And I ended up talking to a friend at the time who introduced me to that church. She just thought it was baffling as well. However, that didn't stop her from going to the church. I tried not to let it stop me from going to the church. However, once my spirit and my heart was crushed, it was really no return from that. Um, I started to go to church still, but then I'm like, I don't even feel right coming here. This ain't family. Y'all not even letting me serve. Y'all picking and choosing who y'all want to serve. Like what? Y'all are not God. What in the world? You are not God. You can't just pick and choose who you want to serve on the ministry. Mm disgusting the church is supposed to be somewhere where everybody can feel welcome because everybody is sinners everybody is trying their best um to bear great fruit and to have a good heart posture yeah that that turned me off it turned me off um I ended up going back I would go back to attend the church but then I didn't feel right sitting in there I'm like the same family so then I started to attend online and then eventually that dwindled off and I started looking at other pastors that were streaming if you heard my story you know that I did not grow up in a church I say that I grew up with bedside baptist that's where I went and usually that is just a play on words it's just bedside you, you in your bed you at home on your bedside right next to your bed or you're at home and baptist is the representation of a church service so you would take your church service in the crib and that's really what my mom did we went out for the we were one of those that came out for the holidays you know we were one of the ones who came out for the holidays and um 
I know there's like this joke at church that on the holidays, you know, everybody that doesn't come does come. But and I don't know the thought process behind that. I'm not my mother. I don't know. But we went to Baptist Baptist. And that's where I feel most comfortable now. And clearly with my experience in the church led me back to it. So then I started to find other pastors and sermons that I can study and get to know God deeper within my home. And that's really where I was able to develop my relationship with God and really know him for myself and really rely on him faithfully. Um, After that point where I took a step back from the church, that's where I kind of lost my job two years in a row. And so that was kind of hard because once I kind of picked myself back up, I fell again. And (laughs) I had to go through the same process of building it up. And that was really a faith walk for me. And that's really when I got to know God. Don't make the mistake of coveting people. Like we get, when we are disappointed, we tend to lose faith in God because of people. But we cannot know when it's time to walk away. Some things can really feel draining to your spirit. And I think I talked about this in another episode. The process of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, reaps the same result. And if you feeling, and if that that is not purposed, if it's not going uphill like a mountain and it's literally going in a circle, cyclical, it is, that's not healthy. You know, that's not healthy to our souls. That's not healthy to our minds. And we have to know when it's time to walk away. It took me a while to know when it was time to walk away. But when I felt that my spirit was no longer serving there or being served there, I had to keep it pushing. And I'm so glad I did it at that time and and learned God at that time. Because then my third experience of church hurt was much easier for me to heal from. So acknowledge your feelings what really can help I think I've said this before journaling like I literally for the past two weeks I've been ripping and running and actually for the past month I've been ripping and running and have not been able to journal and it has really affected me mentally keeping all of those thoughts up in my head and today i was able to really just write it all down it was emotional yes but it was needed to just get my thoughts in order um and to identify how i'm feeling and why i'm feeling it and like literally if you think about it and i journal with my hands like i journal with a notebook pen and paper I do not use my laptop or any technological device because I just really value my thoughts and I do not want my thoughts to be on a hard drive somewhere on a on somebody's cloud um able to be hacked and repurposed for whatever somebody else's desire is like and that's literally It's literally social media. Like, you got to think about it. Social media. Okay, so I feel like there's two purposes of social media. I I feel like there is the social part. And that's the basis of it. Like, we want to be able to connect with our people. Somebody we met, like, only once. But now you have them, like, 
on your social media tied for life. Now you can be able to see what's going on with their life, help them celebrate accomplishments. Like I feel like those are the good, good, good parts of social media. But then I feel like the majority of social media and what it perpetuates is an invasion of privacy, an invasion of your thoughts. And it starts with, boom, Facebook. It tells you what's on your mind. Then you have Instagram. They just installed this new feature to share a note. And it's what does it say? Share a thought. Then you have Twitter. Whew, Twitter, 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 Twitter. Um, Twitter is where you can share your thoughts at all times. You can retweet, add your own little two cents. And... I feel like you can do that on other other platforms, but it's on a different level in Twitter because it creates like a whole thread. It's not just a comment on a picture or a comment on a post. Like it's literally a whole thread. It literally is invasive. It is so invasive. And I feel like with social media and being behind a computer screen, it is so easy to express your thoughts because you're not in that person's face. Half of the things people will never say to somebody's face. and most importantly, it's a place for you to project your own insecurities on somebody else. Social media wants to capitalize off of your greatest gift, with which is your mind. But they don't want you to use it just strategically. They don't. You don't see ads everywhere like, oh, what's your purpose? You don't go to school to actually find your purpose. You go to school to learn how to make money. That's what's important to, to the world capitalism and money it's disgusting so bringing it back full circle protect your mind it's your greatest gift and it's going to be the greatest battle as well there was a tiktok video that said black women experience depression in the form of anxiety and self-criticizing what (laughs) what i am literally my biggest critic and i was just watching a podcast the angie martinez podcast where she talked to mary j blige and mary j and she asked mary j blige who was the person who has given you the best advice and she said shaka khan and what shaka khan said was stop being your biggest enemy wake up and be your biggest fan Okay, wake up and be your biggest fan. And you are that girl. You are everything. Sow those words, sow those seeds. Yes. Acknowledge your feelings. Figure out what you what are you feeling? What you feeling? Protect your thoughts. Not everybody needs to have all of you and you can still be genuine and authentic. That is what I'm learning because not everybody can handle all of you. So number one to making sure we don't cross that thin line between love and hate. Number one, acknowledge your feelings so that you can be able to check yourself before you wreck yourself. And if you need to, like, go to therapy. Um, I personally do not go to therapy. I just believe that's one person. I just go to God. But if you feel like that's something that you need, like somebody in the natural, not just in the spiritual, definitely, I would say go to therapy. And I just want to thinking about therapy. I just want to shout out one of my listeners. 
Sarah Rice. Hey, girl. Um, She had reached out to me for the list of affirmations that I shared with everyone in my second episode. And I had given it to her. I didn't hear anything back. But I was like, a few weeks later, she added the Instagram at your God sis. And it was just beautiful just to see just to see her join me there. And in her bio, it said counselor. And so it really struck me that, oh yeah, this is literally like mental health, spiritual health. Some people get that from a counselor. And by all means, I am not a mental health professional, meaning that I did not go to school or study this for years. However, I am the living testimony. I'm the testimony to the test because I have done this work. I'm like, I'm just a naturally a critical thinker. Like you just can't tell me to do something and I'm just going to do it. Like I need to know and understand why. And literally that's why colors still baffle me to this day. And I really have not looked at the origin of the word However, I'm like, who says that red is red? Red could be blue for all we know. We just calling it red. We using it for stop signs. We using it for the the red light. Like we we put these narratives and these scenarios behind certain things so that they can mean something. We do it on words too. Like we do it all the time, and it just baffles me. It's like, who says that that's blue? Who says that that's red? However, you know, not all things are meant to be explained. And that is the reason why we are humans. We don't use all of our brains. It's not all to be explained all the time. However, it is so pivotal for you to use your critical thinking thought, your critical thinking skills. Ask why. And ask why when you're writing your feelings. Ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? Why? Ask yourself these these questions. It will really help you pinpoint the root of the emotion. And if you choose to go to therapy, like if you think about it, therapy is just a safe space to have dialogue and to prompt questions. The therapist should be prompting thoughtful, thought-provoking questions. It should not only be, I'm telling you my situation and the therapist is giving their advice. Absolutely not. The therapist can give words of wisdom, suggestions, prompting questions. Have discernment if you decide to have those conversations with another party. So number one in making sure we do not cross that thin line of love and hate. Number one, acknowledge your feelings. You can be hurt and hurt is real. Just acknowledge it and see how you would like to move forward. Number two, forgive yourself and others. So I'm going to start with the forgive others part first. Matthew 18, 21 through 22 says, And then Peter came to Jesus and asked, How many times shall I forgive my brother and sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times but 77 times like what 
that is just wild to me. <laughs> like, you mean I have to keep forgiving these people over and over again? Even though they try and do me wrong, even though they take advantage of my huge heart 77 times, I have to keep forgiving these people. And what I realized is the forgiveness is not for them. It's actually for you. So you can heal and so you can save your soul. Allow yourself time to heal. Okay. Like I said, if you need to go to therapy to talk it out to somebody, do that. I go to Jesus. I just talked about how depression can show up in black women in the form of anxiety or in the form of being self-critical. There's a difference between being self-critical and self-reflecting. Because when you're being self-critical, you're just pointing out what you see is wrong. What you see is not to the potential where you would like it to be. And that's okay. There's always room for growth. That's life. However, when you're just pointing that out and it stops there, that's when you don't get any growth. That's when you don't, you're not able to move forward. Um, because you're not putting in actions to really make a change. You're just pointing out the problem. You're not actually trying to figure out the root cause and then thereafter figuring out a possible solution. So there's a difference and make sure you know that difference and you're able to implement it in your life. And when you're answering those questions to yourself, like write them down, use your journal, write it down. Do y'all remember when we had diaries back then and your diary literally had a lock to it? Like back then, our thoughts, our mind was the most precious thing and it still is now. So yes, forgive yourself. Allow yourself time to heal. Talk through your emotions, write through your emotions, pray through your emotions so that you're able to heal yourself and that you're able to give unconditional, compassionate love to others. And most importantly, grace, which leads us into the next thing. Number three, love others. Second Timothy 1.7 says, For the spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Okay? The spirit that God gave us gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And, okay, power is the authority. The authority in, in Christ. Your authority in the spiritual realm. Your authority in Christ. Then you go into love. And I feel like this is the hardest part for us because most of the love we grow up with is conditional love. Um, I feel like that's learned love. It's like, oh, you're doing something that I like or you're doing something for me that I like. Oh my God. So therefore I love you. But we do not know that unconditional love like God gives. That's that forgiveness 77 times. Yeah. That's that grace because grace is undeserving. We don't deserve grace. It's not just given to us. No, we are not deserving of grace, but it is given to us by God. And that is a God-like trait that is 
in his image. That's what we strive to do. So that unconditional love. How do we give that to every single person we come across, even when they have malicious intent, even when they have intent, intent to hurt or intent to harm? And for me, the protection in, in that is just prayer. It's prayer because you're not perfect. You can't know everything. You'll go through seasons where you'll lose friends. and. I think it's the most telling when you lose people when you're not giving back to them. The devil is really good at making something look like it's supposed to be for you. And it's not. So from the spirit of God, we get power, love, and then lastly, self-discipline. And that just reminds me of like self-control. And I talked about in the last episode how discipline is the greatest form of love. And that's how God loves us. That's how we have to love ourselves because God gives us free will. Like we can do whatever we want. You can go down path A or B. The beauty about God is that you can go down either. But as long as your heart is still for him, you'll always get back to the right path. If you're on B and you need to be on A, he'll always guide you right back there there'll probably be some falls and some seasons of lack and wilderness however you will get there and that's just the beauty of him we need to show ourselves that love we have free will for me my most of my self-discipline comes (laughs) i'll pick an easy one with food i feel like i'll be so i just want to eat everything and sometimes i have to be disciplined to like Okay, you just had this huge bowl. Wait 20 minutes. See if you're still thirsty or hungry. And then you can have some more food. Like, because like you don't want to be, you don't want to be in gluttony, like overindulging. So I really just try and check myself with that. That that's a hard one. But it's the greatest form of love when you check yourself because you're doing when you're doing it in love when discipline is done in love it's the greatest form of love some people can discipline with the intent to hurt you know like child abuse like spankings because it's like hey child you're not listening i'm gonna spank you and make it hurt so that you won't do it again that's selfish you don't even care about what you're doing is about how what you're doing is affecting that child or and you don't even care about the child because if you did you would find a different way to discipline to make sure that they understand what you're saying not just being fearful of you God never lays a hand on us but we are still God fearing because we know his wrath and we know his power and his authority is nothing to play with because we've seen it work in our lives and in others so yeah man it's a lie i know this one was a long episode i appreciate you if you still holding on i appreciate you and i just pray that this helps you to be able to just find peace Because there is a thin line between love and obsession and coveting somebody and possession. 
Okay. We are not the creators of everybody. People do not owe you not anything. They don't owe you anything. (laughs) So three things to helping you make sure you do not cross that line, that boundary. Number one, acknowledge your feelings. Hurt is real. Okay. Just make sure you acknowledge your feelings and know when it's time to walk away. Number two, forgive yourself and others. Forgive others for yourself and forgive yourself. Do not be self-critical. Be self-reflecting. Try and grow, okay? And lastly, number three, love others. It's the hardest. It's honestly the something I'm still working with because I think I shared with this on my YouTube and I shared how growing up in New York has allowed me, has encouraged a tough exterior and a blunt form of communication to where I didn't have any compassion or care for other people. It was just like, look, I'm saying what I say. I said what I said. If I say it in this tone or this tone, it doesn't matter. I'm still saying it the way I'm saying it. However, you know, with maturity, I did learn that it does matter. Words have power. The way you react and your actions are a reflection of your heart and what's in your heart. So you got to be able to check yourself, okay? And love others. And it's, it's about finding a balance, okay? So I talked about how I was extra mean, didn't have no compassion. Then I like totally flipped and I had like so much compassion so much empathy that it was being taken advantage of and I had to figure out the balance between the two and so now I have a good balance between the two but every day is a battle for me to forgive and to love others and it will be a battle for you too so just keep pushing you know keep pushing through journal through your thoughts and pray through it pray through it write through it, talk through it, pray through it. I pray this episode was helpful and insightful and really sparked some thoughts and questions within yourself. If you are listening, please, and you're on Instagram, join us at your God sis. All right, guys, that's all for now. I'll see you next time. Bye.